you know, you don't have to buy a Jeep, but I think a lot of people uh, really wish they, uh, they, they had a Jeep at some point in their life. And I'll warn you, if you get a Jeep, never sell it. You, that's just bad mojo. Get where you're going, then keep going. Gear, parts, and accessories built to explore well beyond where off-road goes off-grid. Get real deals on performance parts and off-road accessories at Realtruck.com and bring your truck and Jeep to life. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, the premier show for Jeep enthusiasts and hardcore off-roaders. Whether you're new to the Jeep world or a seasoned Jeeper, we've got you covered with the latest news, tips, and advice to help you get the most out of your Jeep. On tonight's episode, news stories, one of our news stories anyway, is going to be you can own a movie Jeep, and it's actually quite affordable. <laughs> affordable. I love that. Con- I love it when they say that. Um, and uh, uh, we're going to do a, a Gladiator update on diff covers uh and you may remember me talking about this before i think i'm getting ready to pull the trigger on it got to get the the gladiator ready for the next easter jeep safari 2024 oh and uh we're going to have an additional one here called no modification goes unpunished those of you that have modified your jeep know how true this can be are you ready it's time for the jeep talk show with hosts tony josh wendy and chuck Hi, Tony, Wendy, the whole Jeep Talk Show uh, team and crew. Hey, this is Larry, Jeep and Mo, still in France. Managed to see a couple Wranglers. Didn't have a sticker on me, though. So, But one thing I've noticed out here is that the Rubicons are dressed out more like a sport in, in Europe than a Rubicon. They don't have the Highline fenders on them. They have the steps on them like a sport. They've got this big, obscene front bumper. So things are a little different here. Can't wait to get back. So listening to the show. So keep up the good work while I'm gone. And I will talk to everybody as soon as I get back. You know, it's going to be rough to, to be in the south of France and out hunting for Jeeps. <laughs> I, I told the uh, the Zoom room that's, uh, that meets on Thursday night just to uh, have a chat. Uh, I, I was telling them that if uh, Larry gets back and uh, did not try a croissant while he was out there, I'll be very upset. I mean, if you go to France, you have to have a croissant. You have to eat some of the cheeses and have some of that really rich food. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I think too much about food. I often say I'd like to go to New York just simply so I could try the pizza. All right. So you can own a movie Jeep. Uh, the World War II Jeep from Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, could be yours. So, you know, of course, you know that the Willys uh, Jeep was uh, something that was very popular in World War II. Uh, and I say popular, there was a lot of them. Uh, and, and I think they were, it was pre- preferential to walking. So that would make them popular, right? <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the, the, the Willys, or the Willis, I should say, I, I always remember that by saying, uh, what are you talking about, Willis? So it's Willis, uh, was, a, uh, was a Jeep that was used in World War II. And I, I believe everybody's familiar with that. You know, interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, everybody talks about the seven-slot grill is the iconic grill uh, for the uh, for the the Jeep and especially the the, the CJs and the Wranglers. Uh, it was more like nine slots on these uh, Willis Jeeps. Anyway, the 1944 Willis Jeep uh, comes from TLO Film Services, which has supplied vehicles for movie and TV production since 1962. Good Lord, that's that's a hell of a business there. Uh, TLO records uh, records indicate that the Jeep has been used in Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, 
Pennyworth and other productions. Um, it's a, you know, of course, Jeep is very iconic, and the reason why we all have Jeeps is is because of the World War II Jeep that was created to to, to help uh, win the war. So the TLO purchased uh, this uh, Willis uh, in January of 1996, and the listing says it has three former registered owners before that. That's not much. Uh, It was first registered in the UK in 1977. The Jeep received a couple of rebuilds uh, of its original engine in February of 2023 and has 25,975 miles on the odometer. you got to wonder if somebody took the, uh, maybe from TLO, took the Jeep off-road and had a little fun with it. Uh, That that, that would be a little bit dangerous, but uh, hell, you know, it's it's a Jeep, so that would be fun. I guess technically it's been off-road because it was used on Saving Private Ryan and that didn't look like it was on road. <laughs> so anyway, it's not bad for an 80-year-old left-hand drive military vehicle uh, finished in olive drab paint. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's a, a left-hand drive, which I guess means it was. Uh, this is one that was uh, made uh, for uh, the the Britain, or maybe it was converted. Um, many movie cars have ended up in the hands of private collectors. Wayne's World, 1976. AMC Pacer was auctioned in January of 2022. The only surviving W Motors Lycan Hypersport stunt from a stunt car from Furious 7 rolled across the auction block in 2021. Uh, the live auction for the 1944 uh, Willis Jeep will take place during the NEC Classic Motor Show Sale 2023 in England. On Sunday, November 11th. So you got plenty of time to get over there if you want to buy this Jeep. <laughs> the uh, Veterans Day in the uh, U.S. and Remembrance Day in the U.K. and other nations that observe the end of the First World War. Uh, the guide listed is selling for $18,000 to $22,000. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not dollars. It's pounds, of course. It's in the U.K. Selling for $18,000 to $22,000 pounds. Uh, and that uh, in, uh, in in real money is twenty one thousand nine hundred to twenty six thousand seven eighty five. Really not not bad for something that was in. Uh, I mean, you can you can point to it. You can say, hey, let's watch uh, Saving Private Ryan. Hey, you see that? That's my Jeep. That's what's in my garage. Or if you're like Jay Leno in the uh, in the warehouse, the vehicle warehouse. Um, and it's uh, it's actually cheaper than the twenty twenty four Jeep Wrangler, but with a lot. Uh, of newer features so i mean it, i guess it's a trade-off history versus uh, uh modern day uh, things so what do you think is this something that i mean i think everybody every uh fanatical jeep person would love to have uh, the space to keep it but also to a world war ii jeep an actual war, world war ii jeep the thing that made jeep jeep and uh and really what's been copied uh for god 80 years i mean the wrangler is uh, just a uh, something that the, that they started making uh that was based off of this and of course they've made improvements to it uh and you would expect that but uh having the the very first one uh, would just be amazing, and it certainly would garner you a lot of looks. So uh, I would say that it probably wouldn't be a good idea to make modifications to this Jeep. Just keep it as it is. But it would be pretty cool to mount a, a 50 cal uh, machine gun on the back of it, wouldn't it? You know, in the in the the bed there, the uh, the area behind the the seats. That would be pretty cool, especially if it was functional. 
Hey, are you going to SEMA? Look for Julianne from Chick Chat and wrangle her. And Chris, our guest acquisition and salesperson there at SEMA. Uh, 392 Bill. Uh, I, don't think, no, I don't know if Bill, I must refer to him as 392 or not. He knows who he is. And uh, also, uh, Jeeping Mo, Larry, uh, the guy we just heard from uh, that's in France, will be there as well. The Jeep Talk Show team would love to meet you. All right, so uh, Wendy isn't with us tonight because her husband, Bill, had an issue during a simple operation. And actually, I don't know how simple the operation was because something happened that caused uh, Bill some uh, some issues. And uh, he's doing really, really well, but he is still in recovery as far as doing some rehab to try to get back to 100%. So if you could remember uh, Wendy and Bill and your prayers uh, it would very, very much be appreciated. Uh, you know, if you're new, you may not know about our Patreon subscription. <laughs> the crowd starts groaning because I talk about this so much. You know, we have, uh, we're, we're at 43 subscribers out of a goal of 100. And I, I just, it's just wonderful having 43 people that are willing to be subscribers uh, for, for our Patreon. Uh, but we need more. You know, as a subscriber, you get ad-free content, early and exclusive content access, as well as great discount codes. The discount codes alone can save you more than the cost of the subscription. $5 gets you all this access. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact to find out how to become a subscriber. All right, so I'm sure you guys are aware of this. If you're not already aware of it, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler grill change. And I suspect it's on the, the Gladiator as well, but we're focusing on the Wrangler in this story. So is Jeep risking ridicule by changing the iconic grill? Well, as we just mentioned, the, the, the World War II Willis uh, definitely had a different grill than what's on the Wrangler, what's been on the Wrangler for a number of years. So it seems to have uh, been accepted by everybody. But uh, you got to wonder that especially those people that uh, maybe a Willis saved their lives or got them out of a harm's way or allowed them to win a war probably didn't like the idea of uh, the grill being changed on uh, the, the Jeeps that were copies of the Willis. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess it all depends on how you feel about things. So, uh, the, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler has updated its seven-slot grill. You know, it's seven slots. It's still seven slots. It's not six, four, or nine. It's still seven. So, I mean, there's that. They didn't change the number of slots. Uh, however, in, just looking at it, it kind of reminds me uh, that it's uh, the grill is very similar to the Fiat 500 spinoff Renegade. Uh, it just, I, I just, I mean, I don't hate Renegades, uh, but it's just, it bothers me that uh, Jeep is doing something, making something that isn't a Wrangler or a Gladiator, a Jeep truck. So, uh, you know, I'm an XJ owner. I understand some people don't like. XJs, they don't consider them real Jeeps because they're not Wranglers. Uh, hell, there's people out there that don't consider the Gladiators a real Jeep because it's not a Wrangler. And, uh, I, you know, it's it's everybody's personal preference, which I think this, this is what goes on with this grill. So I'm wondering if this could be Jeep trying to standardize the look uh, or theme here, you know, so that the Renegade grill looks like the Wrangler grill and the Wrangler grill looks like the, the, the Gladiator grill. And maybe this grill will be similar on other uh, vehicles that, that I don't consider the, the off-road, uh, off-road Jeeps, uh, like the, the Wrangler and the Gladiator. So, uh, it certainly would make sense because if you are trying to sell a Renegade, 
if it looks looks more like a Wrangler, <laughs> then even though you can tell the difference, you know, as a as a consumer, even though you can tell the difference that this isn't a Wrangler, it might make you feel a little better that you're getting a Jeep. You're getting something that uh, that you can afford easier, and uh, it's 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 a lot smaller. But it still is Jeepy. And I think a lot of people want to be part of the Jeep community. They want to own a Jeep. Uh, there's, there's so many people out there. You may be one of them if you're listening to the show and don't own a Jeep. Uh, you've always wanted the Jeep. You've always wanted that Wrangler, that open air environment. And you just, for one reason or another, you just can't bring yourself to, to, to purchase one. Maybe you're concerned it's a midlife crisis or, or somebody's going to look down on you because you're not uh, being uh, uh, frugal with your money. You know, you're, you're not buying something that uh, makes sense. Well, you know, when you're having fun with your life, unless it's drug abuse, I think that you should enjoy your life. Uh, buy a Jeep, have some fun, and it doesn't matter how old you are. You could always get a Jeep and start and, and fill that void, that Jeep void that you've had. Um, and, you know, you don't have to buy a Jeep, but I think a lot of people uh, really wish they, uh, they, they had a Jeep at some point in their life. And I'll warn you, if you get a Jeep, never sell it. You, that's just bad mojo. So, um, you know, I kind of think that uh, maybe if uh, if Jeep is actually doing what I'm thinking is they're trying to bring in more people into the renegade market, uh, that uh, I think that it would bring in uh, some people that are maybe casual Jeepers, uh, but diehard Jeepers will notice and may have a problem with it. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the Wrangler sales and uh, what the, the scuttlebutt is, what the comment is uh, from people that uh, get the 2024 uh, Wrangler. I think it looks fine. Uh, I would prefer the other grill, uh, but that's just what I'm used to looking at. So yeah, I mean, ultimately it, uh, for me, it's just going to depend on how well it goes and does off-road. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? So I think you guys may remember uh, I've been talking about purchasing various uh, things to upgrade the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, uh, especially before going to uh, Easter Jeep Safari in 2024. Uh, one of the things I was talking about getting is sliders, uh, not sliders, uh, a skid plate system, full skid plates uh, for the underneath of the Gladiator. I drug on enough stuff out there. It wasn't bad, but it's a little scary when you hear that. Uh, that scraping, you get used to it. I mean, once you don't see any fluids leaking out <laughs> and it drives you back home a thousand miles, uh, you kind of go, well, it, 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 it did just fine. But there's always a possibility that it could do some damage could happen uh, just because you survived once doesn't mean you'll survive every time. It would just make me feel better. But anyway, one of the things I got to think about is the, the, the thing I call the low hanging fruit, at least for damage which are the, the differentials. So if you don't know what a differential is, it's, a, it's that big round thing on your axle, both front and rear uh, on a, a Gladiator or a, a JLJLU, uh, as well as pretty much any Wrangler and YJ there before. Uh, and uh, I mean, there were some two-wheel drive versions, but we won't go down, down that dark road. Uh, anyway, so the, uh, that, that, uh, that differential is where the gears are stored that gets the, the, the rotational force from the drive shaft that's connected to the, uh, the back or front of the differential out to your wheels and tires. 
So uh, and then that all that all goes back to the uh, to the motor turning and uh, lets you uh, in, engage uh, one, two, three, or four tires uh, when you're off road. Anyway, the uh, the differential cover uh, helps protect that uh, those gears and keeps the fluid in there, the gear fluid. And I'll tell you what, I don't know why. Uh, I guess it really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things, but good lord, that gear fluid stinks. It just really, really smells bad. It's not baby poo or anything like that, but it surprisingly it smells surprisingly bad. So uh, when you go off road, there are things that can damage the diff cover and cause the cover cover to either come in contact with the gears, the differential gears, or cause the oil to drain out. Sometimes both, <laughs> depending on how hard you hit something. Uh, changing uh, from the stock diff cover to aftermarket is one of those things that most uh, Jeepers decide to change before they experience a trail repair they don't want to make. And let's be honest, none of us want to want to do any trail repairs. We want everything to go perfectly fine and never have an issue. But there's reality. So the question is often, which diff cover do I up, do I update? Uh, front or rear? You know, front makes sense since it's more likely to strike a rock or something tougher than what the factory cover is. But the rock can catch the lip on that rear stock diff cover and peel it back enough to cause a leak. And sadly, (laughs) you may not know about that leak. It could be a small leak. And if somebody doesn't notice it, uh, that you may run out of diff fluid uh, on your way home. And if that happens... The, the gears can heat up and fail. Uh, they, they, I mean, more than likely, you're going to hear some noise before any lockup happens, but it's going to be a bad day, and it's going to be expensive having that ring and pinion uh, replaced because that all has to be set up. Uh, and if that does set up and you don't already have a locker in there, buy a locker and then have them replace the ring and <laughs> pinion and install a locker because, you know, while you're in there. <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of uh, of issues, this is another good reason, and one of the things Wendy has always recommended, to do an inspection after wheeling. So look and see and check for the things like that. You know, you need to be underneath there anyway to have a good idea uh, of what to look for, what how it looks when everything's fine. So get to know your Jeep, and hell, you can even take some pictures with your with your uh, smartphone. Uh, in case you don't remember, or you can verify back when, it, well, that doesn't look right. I mean, let's go to the pictures, and then you go back to the pictures and you go, oh, yeah, that's, I took some damage there. And, and uh, you know, you should be able to see the fluid or something uh, on the bottom of the diff where it's leaking. But you definitely want to know about that before you start driving a long way home. Like, for example, if I had peeled the diff cover back on uh, my rear uh, Dana 44 on the Gladiator, and I was driving back from Moab, and I think that was a good thousand miles, maybe 750. I have to go back and look. Uh, but that would have been a, a very ugly thing to have happen to me uh, on the, uh, the the way back home. And it probably would have been a dead ass in the middle uh, on the way back and the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of middle of nowhere, by the way, uh, going between uh, Moab and back to uh, southeast Texas. So, uh, listener Steve O purchased an ARB diff cover. I think he just got it today. He was posting up on uh, Discord about it. And uh, sadly, they were out of red, and uh, he had to buy a black one. No, I'm not kidding. He's, it's a back-and-forth fight that we have about colors. Uh, and uh, I like the red ARB uh, diff cover, of course. Uh, but anyway, he posted up some pictures of the, uh, the diff cover uh, on our Discord server. 
and uh, it, it is a, a beautiful, beautiful diff cover. And the thing I really like about it is it has that uh, that little notch in it, if you will, for the, the rain gear. And uh, since I've learned recently that it's important where the gear oil goes as all the, the ring and pinion is turning, that this helps keep the pinion lubed uh, and uh, also to the ring and the pinion, etc. Well, the, the bearing in the back where the, uh, the, uh, the pinion goes as well. That I really have uh, look, been looking hard at these type of covers instead of something that maybe is, uh, has less of a channel. Uh, for the ring gear and the the fluid to be slung, so uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and get this A ARB diff cover in red, of course, and uh, I, we will have a link to Amazon for this diff cover in uh, JeepTalkShow.com episode nine one one, and uh, you can go there. But I got to be honest, I'm going to be buying mine from Northridge four x four using the discount code available to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, and uh, the thing I'm a little concerned about now, I've been over there and I've checked and it does say that this diff cover that they sell uh, on uh, Northridge is good for either a uh, Rubicon uh, uh, Gladiator or the uh, non-Rubicon. Uh, I'm going to check because that should mean that it doesn't matter, but my uh, I have the Max Toe Package, which means I have the same axles that's on a Rubicon minus the lockers. Uh, but before I go and order this thing, and especially before I've got the, the factory cover taken off and put this thing up there and it doesn't fit right, I want to know ahead of time. At least, I guess you never can know until you're actually replacing it, but uh, it's it's worth a call. So I'm going to be calling up uh, Northridge uh, tomorrow and uh, asking them just to confirm. And I believe the uh, the axle is uh, M210. That's the uh, the Dana 44 model number. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get this because I think uh, that I, th and I, and I'm going to go with the, the front one uh, first, because I think that's the one that is more likely to get any, get to get damage. Uh, but uh, sure as shit, <laughs> I've got to get the front one and I'm going to damage the rear one. That's all part of Murphy's law. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, they do sell them in pairs so you can get both front and rear uh, for about $367, I think, if I remember what I was reading uh, correctly. So you can do it, uh, but um, a lot of us have to go out and collect more aluminum cans between buying diff covers so we can uh, you know, do the, the other one later. So my goal is going to be uh, to, to get a few things um, stiffened up, uh, armored, uh, before my next trip to EGS in 2024. Oh, and this was interesting. I was uh, talking to the JTS peeps, and they tell me that the factory seal on the diff cover can be reused. And uh, otherwise, I was going to recommend getting a lube locker, a, a guest that we had on a few years ago, which is just a wonderful idea. According to the peeps, they say that uh, the, the factory uh, diff cover is a lot like a lube locker. And uh, the other reason, and of course, if you don't have uh, the, the, the cover, or I'm sorry, or the, the seal on there, lube locker is great. And the way it works is it may even help you if you do peel back a diff cover. Now, you ain't going to be pulling back, peeling back an ARB diff cover, which is kind of the reason why you go this direction. Uh, and let's be honest, it just looks cool. It's just so much fun to modify a Jeep. And uh, this is what I was telling Steve O. He got the black one. Uh, the red one just kind of stands out and says, you know, wow, look at me. This is a modified Jeep. 
Uh, it's not enough just to have lift and bigger tires. <laughs> you got in the <laughs> aftermarket bumper winch, uh, aftermarket bumper front and rear, uh, etc. Oh, and uh, and of course off-road lights. You got to do as much off-road goodness that you can do. And uh, there's you know there's there's things that you can get for your Jeep that are functional, and and nobody knows that they're there but you. And then there's other things that, like this, this ARB diff cover that's functional, but also, too, you can show it off because it's right there. And especially when you lift your rig, it uh, it's very easy to see. So I know it's silly, but it's fun because one of the cool things about having a Jeep is making it your own, putting things on it that uh, stand out. Uh, or in, in a lot of cases, copies everybody else, but it also tells people that you're into the Jeep thing. You're into off-road. Uh, whether you go off-road or not, I mean, just don't put 22-inch wheels on it, and uh, people won't know if you go off-road or not. Oh, and uh, speaking of Discord again, Steve-O is going to be installing uh, his ARB, black ARB diff cover, uh, this weekend, so we'll be getting updates on our Discord server. If you don't know about our Discord server, it's free. There's nothing that we're selling there. It's just a, a great place to have fun and talk about Jeep stuff and, and other things, too, but mainly Jeep stuff. Uh, all you have to do is just go to that one place we always tell you to go, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you will see an invite for the Discord server. And again, doesn't cost you anything. If you don't know what Discord is, it's just kind of like a, a a place that you go that you could do texting, but it's also send pictures, which you can do on texting nowadays too. But it's a, it's kind of like a, a, a multi-person chat server, and we have multiple channels uh, on that server. So you if you want to talk about... Uh, off-road events, uh, Easter Jeep Safari. Uh, you'll be able to go to those channels and, and have specific information about uh, events or other things uh, that we talk about. Hell, we even have uh, the Chuck Wagon where we talk about food. I don't think anybody's posted anything in the Chuck Wagon in a while, though. That's kind of disappointing. I mean, we all love food, right? Hey, if you want to get more out of your weekend, you've got to get more out of your truck. Storage for your tools, cover from the elements, and protection that stands up under pressure. Whether it's a little DIY or your next big project, we say bring it to the backyard, to the barnyard, to everything that you can throw at it and everything that stands in its way because it's not about getting the job done. It's about getting the job done right. Real Truck, bring your truck to life. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, in honor of Larry visiting Gay Paris, yeah, we don't judge. <laughs> I've got a uh, Paris joke. What does the Eiffel Tower and a tick have in common? Oh, no. Yeah, they're both parasites. <laughs> yeah, but that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I just love the feel of putting on warm, fresh underwear hot out of the dryer. Yeah, and it's fun to look around the laundromat and see who they belong to. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. Nikki G, the answer is, just like borrowing a handkerchief, once you blow your nose in it, it's yours. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys caught it or not on our last uh, interview episode, uh, Nikki G's 10 uh, minute off-road podcast was uh, uh, placed at the end of that episode. So everybody that wasn't already familiar with uh, Nikki G's 10 minute off-road podcast uh, would be familiar and could, could listen to it. So uh, I highly recommend going and looking up Nikki G. If you think Nikki G calling in 
to the show uh, now twice a week uh, for, God, nine, eight, nine, ten years, uh, <laughs> you get a lot more uh, Nikki G in that uh, that ten minutes. And, and we all need a little more Nikki G, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I should, I should have said a lot more Nikki G. He'll correct me on that. All right, so uh, this is, we've had some people talk about, let's talk about some of the older Jeeps. And I understand this may not be as old a Jeep as you want to talk about, but it's something I know about. It's the Jeep Cherokee. Many of you may already know that I have a a one-owner 1998 Jeep Cherokee. That's also known as the XJ. It has the four-liter workhorse engine in it. And uh, I was I was really lucky. I didn't know what I was getting uh, at the time. I found out later that I was lucky because I got the Chrysler eight and a quarter rear axle uh, and a high pinion Dana thirty. Now the only thing worse than a Dana thirty is a Dana thirty five, which is a rear axle. Uh, but the Dana thirty is is pretty good. It's definitely not as good as a Dana forty four, and it's not as good as a Chrysler eight and a quarter. Uh, but if I if the Jeep that I had, if the XJ that I had bought had had uh, the uh, what do you call it? The anti braking, not anti braking. That would be bad. Uh, the anti lock brakes, then it would have been a Dana thirty five. Uh, so if if you're, I mean, if you can find an XJ, uh, if you pop open the hood, and if you see a lot of plumbing and stuff over there by the the power steering uh, boost unit, vacuum boost unit, uh, that means that's the anti lock braking. And that would mean that it has a Dana 35 in the rear. Now, it may not be a deal killer for you, but if you're going to put uh, bigger tires on there, uh, you want to make sure that you don't go too wild, like maybe 33s. Now, the eight and a quarter, I've always been told, I haven't done it, but you can go uh, up to 35s with a locker on a, on a Chrysler eight and a quarter. Uh, not so much for the Dana 30, uh, but you can do things to the Dana 30, of course, to make it stronger, but that goes into the, the realm of polishing a turd. Uh, but it really depends on how much money you want to spend, uh, especially on the XJ. I mean, XJs have gotten more expensive, uh, here uh, relatively recently in the last two or three years. Uh, but, uh, before you could find them for a thousand dollars or less. And uh, it was kind of tough to put a, a, a $5,000 axle on a $1,000 vehicle. But, you know, people do it. They're great, they're great rigs and a lot of fun. And uh, I, I've still, uh, still got mine. I need to do some work on it. And now that the temperatures are going down from the 100 and 107 that it's been here in southeast Texas, I'm looking forward to getting out there at the garage and uh, doing a couple of things that I need to get it uh, back on the road. Uh, it, it does fine. I just have a little, a little leak on the automatic transmission lines, which I have two new lines to install. Just got to get out there and do it. All right. Well, uh, anyway, back to uh, the thing I was going to talk about. You know, I've always said this. Jeep modifications uh, have a series of issues. If you're lucky, you don't. uh, But uh, I like to say no modification goes unpunished. Now, originally, and this is back in um, like 2005, I believe, I put a 4.5-inch lift on my Cherokee, and it didn't seem to cause any problems with, like, bump steer or any of those issues. But going to the 6.5 lift later really did. So I got bump steer, and I have never experienced that before. It's not horrible. It's not like death wobble, but it's weird because you hit a bump, and the the Jeep is steering itself. (laughs) It's going over here. So it's like, what are you doing? So I knew, and I think I knew about this, that this possibly could happen whenever I did this. 
Uh, but uh, it was certainly because, you know, forums were big back then. I mean, there's still forums, but they certainly were a lot more popular back uh, in uh, 2005, 2007 when I was doing all this stuff. And uh, I knew that I needed to put a dropped a drop pitman arm. Now, the pitman arm is what connects to the steering, uh, the, uh, uh, the drag link and the tie rod. Uh, and actually um, moves back and forth. The, the pitman arm goes onto the uh, the steering box, and as you turn the wheel, that little uh, thing turns and it moves the uh, the pitman arm back and forth, which of course uh, moves your your wheels. So uh, I got a uh, a drop pitman arm, and I think it was a rough country uh, drop pitman arm. I was a little concerned about the you know is that a good quality pitman arm to go with? I mean, obviously you want to make sure you have good steering. Uh, bad steering is uh, is not good, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to go someplace. So, uh, but it, it, somebody was telling me, I think it was Steve 4.3LXJ, uh, one of the our forum uh, ex- experts, uh, told me at the time that uh, the basically there was no um, special place that Pitman Arms were made. It was made from one or two companies. So it really didn't matter if it was from Rough Country or whoever. So there was no reason to spend $7,500 for a Pitman Arm. Just get one that's uh, inexpensive. So I got the Rough Country uh, pit, uh, Drop Pitman Arm. And uh, I think it was good for six and a half inch uh, lift and uh, installed that on the Cherokee, on the XJ. And uh, I, I didn't have any bump steer any longer, but I developed probably two or three inches of play in the steering wheel. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you've never driven an old truck or, you know, grandpa's uh, 50s or 60s uh, truck, it, you would turn the steering wheel a good two or three inches before it would start adjusting the direction of the vehicle. And I wasn't used to this. Now, mind you, the XJ isn't super tight steering anyway uh, and I think that has to do uh, because it's a unibody and with the uh, the steering box uh, bolted to the unibody you get a little flex there uh, it's not such a big deal if you have uh, stock size uh, tires and wheels but whenever you start putting 33s now you're getting a little more extra torque on there and you're going to feel it wander a little bit or it takes a little more um, it's like a fighter jet you have to <laughs> You have to think about what's going to speeding up or slowing down with that jet engine as it spools up. (laughs) So anyway, I, uh, I was, but it wasn't this bad and it took me a little while. I mean, I was driving this thing back and forth to work, uh, grocery store, the whole, the whole nine yards, daily driver. I was driving this all the time and I was able to steer it, but it was a little more work, uh, to, to drive it. And uh, I was like, I got to fix this. I mean, especially if my wife goes to drive this thing. Uh, I'm, I really, really don't want her to have to deal with all this. So I think I finally uh, got her or one of the girls out there in the garage to uh, turn the steering wheel back and forth so I could uh, watch all the steering components. And, um, you know, this is the same thing you do when you have death wobble. Uh, you, you look at all the steering components with a flashlight and you look for any movement in uh, the drag link, the tie rod, the tie rod ends. I mean, just a sixteenth of an inch can be enough to cause a death wobble. So I'm looking around, I'm looking at all these, these spots. Maybe I've got a bad uh, tie rod in TRE that's causing me an issue and I, I don't see anything. Everything looks great. I mean, I had updated all that stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, and then I just happened to notice the Pitman arm was flexing. So, it, it, I mean, it's a very thick piece of metal. So the, the Pitman arm itself was fine, 
but where it attached to the shaft on the power steering unit, uh, it was literally um, moving uh, kind of like, uh, how can I say this, where it was, um, well, I, I'll explain what the issue was. The The pitman arm was all the way up on the shaft, and the nut was all the way up, and it was torqued to like 180 pounds uh, that, that, that uh, they recommend. But what, what was happening was is that the pitman arm was actually riding up higher on the, the shaft than what the nut would push it. So, I mean, you know, if, when you go to torque something and it torques down to, to that 180 uh, foot-pounds, you go, uh, that <laughs> that ain't going nowhere is what you say when you get done doing it, especially if you're <laughs> doing 180 foot-pounds. That's tough. And uh, this thing was actually like waffling on the shaft, so it was raising up on the edge and down and i'm like what the hell so i figured out i shouldn't have got that rough country pitman arm uh that's it bit me in the ass so uh i uh did a little uh research i did a little talking on the forums about it and uh there was uh some some chatter about that but ultimately what i did was i bought another pitman arm from a different manufacturer i forget i forget now who who made it and put it on there same exact problem. So this wasn't happening with the stock stuff. The The Pittman arm that was on there from the factory was just fine. It tightened up just fine. Uh, and I think when I had it off, I actually compared them. And the, 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 part, the top part of the Pittman arm, that uh, uh, the thickness of it was the same thickness. So I don't understand. It, it, I figured it must be the splines in there were a, a little bit bigger or something. Something wasn't made to specification. And it was riding higher on that uh, power steering unit uh, shaft. <sighs> I don't know what the answer was as far as, I, you know, I don't know why it was doing that. But ultimately, I came up with the idea that what I needed was a big-ass washer. I needed something that had a large hole in it so it would go, uh, it would fit over that power steering shaft, the steering box shaft. And uh, it would be, uh, it would, that nut uh, would, uh, would tighten up on it. It would basically push the Pittman arm. And it won't, we're not talking about a lot of room here. I mean, it was less than an eighth of an inch, uh, maybe uh, a few sixteenths of an inch. But again, it doesn't require much movement in your steering before you have an issue or you feel an issue with the steering. So anyway, I, I, I had this washer. I actually had this washer made by an off-road manufacturer that I used for uh, the, uh, the bumpers and sliders that are on the XJ. And uh, I got that thing in, put it on there, fixed it 100%. Uh, the, the steering was at least back to the way it was uh, from factory. And uh, I actually did uh, some, uh, some actual, um, uh, added a few more things. For actually, from uh, if you have an XJ or a TJ, I highly recommend I'm Ironman4x4fab.com. Uh, I actually added uh, one of the things that they make for the XJ for steering that, oh, it was made a huge change. Uh, and it really tightened up the steering so much so it reminded me it was really close to the great steering that's on my wife's TJ 2003 TJ. The TJ was hard for me to drive initially because I was used to really holding that steering wheel and making changes. And the 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 TJ was I had to really have to have a light touch because if I sneezed we might wind up in the ditch. 
<laughs> which I'm exaggerating, of course. But the the steering was so different, and I, it may have been the the steering box that they used, but I think it was the frame because the TJ has a frame, and you get very little flex uh, whenever you're uh, you know putting that torque, especially with the larger tires. Uh, you get a lot a lot less torque. I'm sorry, a lot less flex from the uh, from the power steering unit. Anyway, I did make that change later uh, from, with the Ironman 4x4 stuff, uh, and uh, it was really, really tight. The steering was very, very tight, and, uh, but that's a, a story for a future episode. Hey, we're excited to announce that on our next interview episode, we'll be featuring a special guest interview with Martin Stammel. I apologize if I didn't get that name pronounced right, but you guys know how I am. How I am. Uh, and uh, Mar- Marvin has a YouTube channel, uh, and I bet you a bunch of you guys already have heard of this. I never had. I'm sorry that I mean I'm surprised that I never had because this is just fascinating stuff. The YouTube channel is Flex Rocks and Rollovers. A very interesting conversation, a lot of fun, and uh, it, it, there's some insight into being a successful YouTuber. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it because uh, we we all want to know what the special <laughs> the special talent that you must have to be uh, successful be a successful YouTuber. Hey, in the must-have stuff uh, for your Jeep, uh, I'm going to tell you about that Pitman arm. And uh, now that I have experienced having two pit drop Pitman arms uh, for my XJ, I think going with a rough country drop pitman arm is just fine so you can get a drop uh, rough country or a drop country (laughs) drop pitman arm for an 87 through 06 uh, jeep wrangler or 84 through 01 uh, or 2021 uh, 2020 20 that uh, 2001 or 2001 cherokee xj uh, part number is 6605 and it is 49.95 now the thing that i was really surprised to see on my Amazon page, it says 100 have been sold in the last month. So there's still quite a few Cherokees and Wranglers out there that people are uh, lifting and needing to put on this uh, this drop pitman arm. So it helps maintain optimum turning rate, turning radius, maintains proper drag link alignment. Again, that solves the bump steer issues. Helps reduce steering vibrations. Interesting. I don't know why I would do that, but that's what it says here. Uh, easy at home installation and support provided by Rough Country. Uh, backed by Rough Country's limited lifetime replacement warranty. Rough Country does have uh, or has had in the past. I haven't had any warranty replacements on any of the, the Rough Country stuff that I bought other than the, the, the track bar that I bought uh, from them and uh, mildly wheeled and it, and it bent on me. It took me about three months to figure out it was bent though. So uh, it, it didn't, wasn't a, a, a trail fix. Uh, but anyway, they have a good warranty replacement uh, at Rough Country. Uh, and it's the first lift I went with uh, on the uh, the XJ. Uh, I, I've since changed out everything. I think, I think the leaf springs on the rear, I believe uh, those are uh, Rough Country as well. So I just want to remind you about Chick Chat, or as we like to call it, JTS Chick Chat. It is our fifth episode a week. Now, it's not every week. It's every other week. And uh, the Chick Chat, as you can well imagine, is a women-centric uh, episode run by Julianne of Wrangle Her and now of Jeep Talk Show. And uh, Wendy uh, of uh, Trails 411 
and also to the Jeep Talk Show. So it's great. They get to talk to, it's not just women that they'll be talking to, but that's kind of the focus. <clears throat> women that do off-roading, that uh, actually do, uh, work on their own rigs or are part of our own uh, off-road businesses. And there's a lot of them out there. And it's wonderful hearing the stories from these women and off-roading. They're just like the men's stories, but it's uh, a little bit different in angle. Uh, then it's it's very interesting. For example, I've been most impressed. All our guests were very impressive. But when I found out that uh, America's Most Wanted 4x4, that their primary welder is a 21-year-old uh, female that is in charge of those all those modifications that happen. There's two welders there, and she's the, the primary one, the one that's in charge. And uh, that was really impressive to me, not only because she's able to do it, but because something people that are selling $100,000 uh, gladiators and wranglers with uh, these uh, Hemi engines and uh, multiple modifications uh, trust her to do that kind of work. That says a lot about uh, both uh, uh, the lady and the company. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve the show and reach more Jeep enthusiasts like yourself. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media like uh, Instagram. Instagram is where we really like to post our stuff, but you can find us on LinkedIn, uh, the TikTok, uh, where else? Uh, Facebook. But uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram. If you're not following us, follow us and you'll be able to get the latest information about all the episodes that we have from the Jeep Talk Show. Finally, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you will find multiple ways to contact us. Call in and leave us a voicemail like Larry did. It's, uh, we love hearing from our listeners. Hey, thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Jeep Talk Show broadcasting since 2010.